0: you are listening to the in context podcast
1: hello and welcome to the in context podcast this episode features a hero of the faith uh, one of my favorite mighty men of god uh, the reason he's a hero of the faith is back in September I did a retreat and we were staying in this wonderful house and he gave up the the, the ensuite room, we had a bathroom bigger than my living room, we had a walking cupboard bigger than my bedroom, we had a sofa, it was a beautiful room and he gave it up to share a bunk bed with Andy Constable, so today we have Jason Nelson.
0: Uh, the greatest man of God I've ever met. <laughs> How are you doing, brother? <laughs> well, I'm doing good, Ian. You know, and it felt a little bit like home, right? More space, America, and, you know, I gave it all up. I'm just, it's cultural adaptation, is what it was. <laughs> awesome. Oh, brother. Yeah, and that's why we've got you on. We
1: uh, are focusing on over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at some Americans who have come over to the UK to serve in hard places. Uh, as many of our listeners know, uh, the, the, the need for gospel work in hard places in the UK is great. Uh, unfortunately, encouraging people to come and join us in our uh, ministry is, is tough, is difficult. And uh, we have more spaces than we have people wanting to fill these spaces. So uh, we've branched out into the US. We had a young man called Luke joined us last year. And uh, he, he was with us. Uh, he had to cut his trip short because of COVID. Uh, but you've stayed brother you you've come and you, you had a chance to disappear but you've stayed throughout COVID. so what brought you to the uk in the first place because in america there's dozens of places that had uh probably have more poverty in the states than we have over in the uk so what led you to work in a hard place in the uk rather than in the
0: us yeah um i mean obviously there's a need everywhere like you said right like when when our family, there's a lot of story about why we came to Scotland behind this, but I think one of the things that, you know, as we looked at um, the UK, uh, a country especially that has like really rich Christian heritage, doesn't it? And just how far they have strayed away from uh, their roots in Christianity. When you look at it overall, it's an unreached people group again. I think at least in Scotland, what is it like two, two point, Two percent identify as Christian, and so we saw that, and we're like, that's an unreached people group. And we, you know, I think as we started to get exposed a little bit more to twenty schemes as well, and the prospect of planting churches not just in a a country that's has a low population of people that identify as Christians, but also difficult areas where there's no gospel witness at all, um, it clearly presented a need, right? And, and a, an important need. But then the bigger question, I think, behind that, Ian, is what you're getting as why us, right? Like, obviously, there's a need in these communities. Um, be- Just because there's a need doesn't mean it's us that is coming to fill that need. Like, why, why is some American family from the middle of nowhere in Wyoming, right? But I think as we prayed about our gifting where God had led us and Honestly, I think it does take a, a certain type of personality to come do some of this work um, and be in these areas and just kind of laid back attitude. Um, I just feel like God had prepared our family for this, even though it was gonna be different and harder. And so we felt God led us here and we came and we've been here almost three years now. Awesome.
1: So so, you, so, like you say, you, you've come with a family, you've got a wife. and a couple of children and, and now you've got a, a couple dog. <laughs> so so what does your family look like then and and how difficult was it uh coming out to to the uk we've had people come over from the us who were single uh what are some of the difficulties of of, of uh, relocating to the uk from america when you've got a
0: family i think um a couple of things to reflect on that i think some of the harder things about moving to the UK with a family, like if you're compared to if you're single, especially, I think um, it's a, it's a weighty decision, isn't it? I mean, single or not, it's a weighty decision to move, but when you're moving your family, um, it's not just me, it's affecting, right? It's affecting my wife and we have, well, when we moved here, four children, now we have five. Um, So we have all these different feelings, emotions that are navigating culture. So it's not just me that has to do that. And I have to lead through that. Well, Um, so we're finding actually that with that, even though one of the positives is we can talk about that as a family, like, you know, all the struggles we're going through and things like that, I feel like it might actually be taking us longer to fully feel comfortable, because we're all having we're all dealing with it in different stages. And so I think as a whole for a family it might take us a little bit longer and we have to be okay with that it takes a long suffering kind of um you got to play the long game i think families coming here thinking oh we'll go serve a few years or whatever it might struggle a lot more because you may never get to the point you're feeling comfortable um so i think that's that's definitely different with a family um and i think also not that it's a negative but my first responsibility is to my family, right? And so I think a lot of single people come and they they just they're kind of freed up and they're gonna smash it and put all their energy into that, and that's great, right? They're like a Paul, you know. He prays, you know, if you were to be like I am, so I can live like this and and you know be free to move and share the gospel wherever. Um, but I think as a missionary, you know, you're supported from people in the states, and I think you you kind of have this pressure of, well, I've got to, I've got to be all in and I got to really go for it. And um, I think that that pressure that you might be feeling as a missionary, um, you put all your time into the ministry that you're called to overseas, but then you forget about your family. And that can lead to burnout really, really quickly. So finding that balance early with a family, I think is really, really important. Um, and it took us a little while, but I think we've found it so far. Um I also want to say there's all, there's some benefits too Ian with moving a, as a family. Um I think it it has helped us I kind of touched on it but solidify that commitment mm-hmm. whereas it's a weighty decision, right? I'm I'm moving and changing all these lives not just mine. Um but then with that like I said you have you can navigate culture together. It's not just the isolated person. Like you're talking about Luke, it's just him. He didn't have anybody to speak to about what he's dealing with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they may not understand fully what he's going through. Whereas I have a family and so I can, my wife be feeling something and we can talk to each other. My kids are. So I think that's a positive as a family, you can navigate that together.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It- Do you you think that having a family with you, do you you think that could delay the need for having to get stuck in? So if you're you're single, uh, you either sit at home by yourself or make friends. Whereas if you've got a family, (laughs) you you don't have that need to uh,
0: acclimatize as quickly, would you say? Yeah, I mean, it can definitely, like I said, I think it's taken us longer. And I think part of that is, yeah, the maybe a little bit more resistance to certain family members on acclimatizing and Mm -hmm. and having to walk through that together. I think myself, you know, personally, I wanted to do it as quickly as possible. And I think, um, I wanted to just be to move past as quickly as I could and feel like this is home. Mm -hmm. And I actually, in a negative way, didn't maybe allow some of my family members, especially my kids to lament what they missed back home. And I was trying to almost move them on too fast and not allowing them to grieve things and to miss things. And maybe me, maybe I didn't take time to do that either. So um, I don't know if it held us back, but it's definitely given me a little bit different perspective that that we all move a little bit different in the cultural adaptation realm. And that's OK. I just have to walk through that carefully. So what what do you think was the biggest
1: uh, struggle that's it you as individually or as a family culturally then like you say it is a grieving because you're, you're leaving behind family friends a, a church uh yeah you're leaving a lot there's a big sacrifice to moving uh to the other side of the world isn't there
0: yeah i mean absolutely and again i think it's it's been different for each person but i think in general like some of the biggest cultural things that we have struggled with um, I think you can boil it down to rural life versus city life in some some respects, because we come from Wyoming, which is quite rural. You know, the biggest town we ever lived in was 30,000 people and Edinburgh is half a million. Um, so but then you're also taking that difference, adding the culture on top of it and then adding living in a, a scheme. Right. Which is a little bit more of a difficult area, as you know, right? or a council estate. And so you add all those things together, and then what it is is not necessarily people talk about culture shock. You know, some of it's what culture shock for us has been the little things that add up. It's all these little things that you're not anticipating, and um, sometimes no amount of reading can really prepare you for those things. It's just having to be humble and realizing that you're a fish out of water, and you just got to kind of take it as it comes and um, be okay with some of the things that are uncomfortable to you. Um, you know, for us, it's living in smaller houses, um, you know, not knowing certain brands to buy. I mean, these things might seem trivial to some, like as far as transitioning to culture, but especially with a family, it all adds up, you know? Um, so I think that's been some of our more bigger cultural, um, difficulties. And then, obviously i think for our kids it's been um you know leaving friends behind and having a hard time finding friends here uh for their for them um and it's not that there aren't uh, some opportunities we do homeschool so maybe there's a little bit less because we're not having our kids in the public school system but um just in the church there hasn't been that many kids their age so that's been difficult for them but I guess praise God for technology because they still get to connect with a few people back home and that's been a nice comfort to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the last thing to say with you know some of the biggest cultural struggles is, at least for us, and I, I, I think a lot of Americans can probably say, like, it's pretty comfortable. I mean, it, depending on where you come from in America, you know, we live pretty comfortably mm-hmm. and the idol of comfort, I think pretty quickly gets rooted out in your heart to know that you have it when you come to live not only in the UK but a council state or scheme Mm. because it's uncomfortable let's just say it it's uncomfortable right (laughs) and we also have to be okay that we may never feel comfortable Mm. we have to be okay with that Mm. Um, I keep wanting to feel like this is home and that this is going to be comfortable Mm -hmm. and it's not that I it's not that I necessarily feel out of place, even though I am, but it's it doesn't feel like home, if that makes sense. It's not the place I grew up. It's not the place where my normal. But I think I think we have to be okay with that. I'm sure Jesus wasn't comfortable leaving the glories of heaven when he came to earth either. But we're not called as a Christian to be comfortable. So that's we have to remind ourselves that daily. I think um, doing this type of ministry.
1: Yeah.
0: So so there's obvious
1: obviously when any type of ministry brings uh difficulties uh struggles uh, never mind moving across the world uh, but for us to uh, be fruitful uh, th- there must be something that keeps us in that place so <laughs> we've discussed some of the struggles of, of adapting to uk life but what actually keeps you here because you've, you've been back home for holidays haven't you
0: yeah we have um we i went back once Uh, for a funeral and then um, but then we all went as a family just this last summer actually um, was our first time back Um, so it'd been two years since our family had been back and um, and to be honest I I also didn't struggle to come back my family did a little bit but um, um, but I didn't struggle coming back but I think what keeps us here is The unity of knowing, first of all, that we had a calling and we were still even going back to the States and visiting all of our friends and all those things. Mm -hmm. We still knew we were supposed to be here. Such a great comfort. And what's cool, and I have a a little story and my daughter might be embarrassed if she watches this, but we went to a church and we shared about all the things that we're doing. And I think in the middle of ministry and sometimes, as you know, it's difficult right it's a grind especially in these areas but then you get those bright points right you get the the sams as you know sam wilkins these guys that Mm. god miraculously saves every every salvation is a work of god right but then you see their growth their fervor for the lord and how he's being used by god Mm. you get these little pictures of what god is doing here in nidri and through 20 schemes Mm. so i was at a church in america sharing these things right sharing about Uh, 20 schemes. And um, my daughter, who's 14 said, Dad, just, she said, it was so good to see everything that we're doing and how God is using us. And she said, as hard as it it is, I know we're supposed to be here. Hmm. And it was such a blessing to my heart to hear that because she's probably been one that has struggled the most. But she absolutely knew not only do we need to be here, but we but we're being a part of what God is doing um, in in the schemes of Scotland. So that was really, really encouraging. So off the back of that, yeah, the Sams, the some of the team here that that um, just how God is rescuing these people and and what we've set up here to disciple and equip them and how God is using them, it it is it is the little sometimes you only get little ones, don't you, Ian? But you look back and you see God clearly working and you hold on to those things to give you fuel to keep going because you may have seasons where you don't get those. So it's, I think it's important to look back at those little things and see God um, working to keep you going.
1: Awesome, encouraging. Yeah, exciting to see that uh, your, your daughter's excited about what God is doing in, in Scotland as well, isn't it? And yeah, and I think sometimes it's not until we're out of the situation and we're sharing with others what god is doing we can forget can't we when we're in that slog daily we we can just have our head so down that we miss what god is doing and sometimes a little break from the scheme or the estate uh, reminds us exactly how exciting this ministry can be
0: it is man it is definitely and again don't hear me say it's easy or that it's um you know whatever and there's definitely blessings along the way but it is difficult, and you know we meet, as you know, monthly to yeah. to pray with the other guys in the 20 Schemes Network or in church in hard places, and it's a grind. Yeah. And sometimes you see little fruit. Sometimes you wonder, oh man, how do how do you keep going? And it's just again coming back to because there's a need, right? The gospel needs to go out, even though it's hard soil, and um, to to praise God for those little blessings to continue to give you the fuel to go. So 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 you're out here
1: you're in Nidri community church you you've been here what is this coming up to your third year now? Or? Yeah, almost three three years in September. Right. So so what is your, what's your long-term plan and, and and vision then?
0: So um right now I'm yeah still serving as the associate pastor here in Nidri mm-hmm. um leading the the staff team here so this is our interns those that were um you know maybe training up for ministry or that or just brand new believers that we're discipling um and that's been a great blessing teaching at the ragged school of theology which was has been great as well um and right now we're content to continue to do that because we're being used in a lot of different ways here in nidri even 20 schemes music and a few things like that so um i think we're going to, we're, 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 content and, and really blessed to be here and continue to be used by God here with, with the prospect of maybe still planting or revitalizing in the future. Um, we're not in any necessarily hurry for that, but we're praying if, you know, an opportunity comes up, we might look at it. could be more of a rural context might be more comfortable, right. Uh, than to uh, to, uh, Wyoming, no, I'm kidding. But, um, uh, right now, yeah, we're just going to stick here in Nidri and continue to to be used here in, in many bit many many different ways.
1: So, so this is a long term thing. Then being in the UK is not just uh, just a season. You think it's going to be longer term?
0: That's that's our that's where we feel God's leading us. And um, as much as you know, our family and friends back home would love to see us come back, and we've mm-hmm. been you know tried people have tried to get us back, but. When we first came over here, Ian, we, we had a long term kind of more vision because, again, the weighty decision. Right. I'm not going to move my family just for a couple of years, mm. but also we knew going in and this is people need to understand this is a long haul ministry, isn't it? Yeah. It's not a it's not a short term thing. And, um, you know, having a Superman complex thinking, I'll come here for a few years and I'm just going to change the United Kingdom. Mm. no you come and you humble yourself and you serve as long as you can and plow. And, um, you know, as my buddy Gerald says, you, you you take your coffin with you, right? It's just this idea of going until um, the Lord calls you home, if that's where he calls you to. So for now, we're playing the long term game. Hmm. So what you've got in, in Nidri
1: is, is pretty unique within the UK, being part of, of 20 schemes, you've got uh, a close group of planters together. Uh, How how do you think that has enabled you to uh, have this long term vision to continue uh, to still be here after three years, even during COVID, you've had opportunities to go back home? Do you think you would uh, have stayed here without
0: that support? I think it has been absolutely essential to um, not only helping us with cultural stuff. But also just yeah, the spiritual and um, even emotional, just support from other guys um, that are in the same type of ministry, right? But also they've had in they've had Americans come. They they can kind of feedback a little bit of some of the struggles that that we have maybe faced. Um, the support network that Twenty Schemes has built is in this church, right? Nidri has built has been so helpful, and I think Ian without probably Nidri, I don't know if, let's say we will move over here and we were going to go right into planting or revitalizing on our own, whatever. I don't, looking back, I don't know if we would have hacked it. Mm. I think it would have been really difficult. The church has been so supportive, so encouraging um, as we've gone along. So I think people coming over, it's really good that, to make sure that they're plugged into a really strong local church that's going to support them love them and and encourage them as they're navigating culture and all these different things in the ministry but also i think i know that there's times where some people are going to come over and they're not because they're planting or revitalizing let's say maybe right off the bat and they're not going to have maybe the church here to support them but there are other churches like us that can help support right but also having the support back home with their home churches i think is to know how they can pray for you grieve with you uh, know when things are hard to praise god when things are going well because um, sometimes you know they just kick you out the door and say go go do stuff and just update us monthly but yeah, yeah. i think honestly it would be good to have more of that from from your sending churches and individuals to know that they're praying for you and caring for you because it goes a long way i can you personally we get one note from somebody individually or a church it is such a blessing
1: yeah Yeah. i can imagine and again i think so many people forget even churches that are uh, getting a pastor in uh, from the same country forget that there's a pastor needs loving and discipling and uh, and blessing and then his wife and his children and yeah i think sometimes we look at missionaries or pastors and planters as as superheroes who have just got it all sorted and we'll just leave them alone and let them crack on with it. We're, we're quite willing to let them disciple and, and bless others, but forget that they need discipling and, and blessing themselves, don't they? And,
0: oh, absolutely. And like when you and I went away just, you know, not that long ago, just for a little spiritual refreshment, just to gather together as brothers in Christ, as pastors to, to, just fellowship, to share struggles, and to pray together, those are sweet times, and mm-hmm. I think important, and I think you're right, we don't maybe do enough with, um, maybe pastors don't do that enough, or just, especially those that are planting, or in our harder context, not that, you know, there's, every context has its struggle, doesn't it, but um, we need each other, we need each other. Okay.
1: That jacuzzi, hot tub, uh, <laughs> swimming pool, and sauna definitely helped as well, didn't they?
0: <laughs> oh, Don't tell people that, Ian. Come on, we're serving in hard places here.
1: <laughs> but again, I think so many people forget that. that's just getting out into a different scenery, being with people from a similar context, just laughing and joking. We, we, we were together for three or four days, but not dismissing the need to to building each other up with with the word of God and prayer. But the majority of time was spent in the gym walking, laughing, joking, just just relaxing downtime, wasn't it? And yeah, I I, I think that's forgotten by so many people and uh, should be implemented by any organisation. That's not just sending people out, but receiving people. And I think the biggest problem I had uh, was the feeling of isolation and, and burnout and so many other pastors, that are from the uk and planters that i know are, are, are struggling uh, probably worse than you are as <laughs> as somebody who's coming from another country because they don't have the support that you're getting
0: yeah I, like i said i don't i don't know if we would have hacked it um if we were on our own just don't think we would have um and again that's been part of the blessing of being here in Nidri. it's maybe what i thought was only going to be maybe oh we'll adapt within a year and be fine and sorted and maybe go plant or whatever mm-hmm. taking us longer so as as the church has navigated that with us and and encourage us and support us i think we're just we're better equipped now to be the long term because of the investment of the local church and the network of pastors and brothers like yourself to encourage and support that's now i feel like we're we're better set up for the long term game
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I think I, I think I was gonna. <laughs> the question I was gonna ask you next was, how do you think UK churches can help the transition for uh, pastors and planters like yourself coming over? But I think you've pretty much answered that question in what, what we've just been talking about, haven't you?
0: Yeah, that I do. I think that's it. I think it's they really need to. It's not just yeah having a nice welcome basket and then just kind of you know pushing off. It's a are things because you don't understand our context or culture and what we're moving into that and things you can't prepare for that you is that you the churches here need to be maybe it takes more of the churches yeah it's intentional just needs to be more intentional um with the churches here in the uk to like the the, like they have been at nidri to to make us feel welcome and comfortable well as comfortable as we can be right but um but yeah and and obviously, Nidri's a unique beast, too, because I think some of the Americans that have come that have gone to some of our other plants still do feel a little bit more of that isolation. They're smaller plants. They don't have any other Americans in there. Um, but again, because we have that network and they can come down weekly for the ragged school or we're doing different things, we try our best to, to do what we can to, to encourage those that might feel isolated to stick in and, and keep going because... Um, If not, you're just going to continue to get short term missionaries, aren't you? Yeah. And that's, again, I feel a bit convicted in when you were sharing
1: about these little things that make you feel comfortable, like if you knew the brands of food that you were buying, or or sweet you were buying for your kids, and just the little things can help make that uh, transition so much easier. Whereas when we had Luke over, he was like, Oh, we don't have a tumble dryer. I was like, so you've come to a hard place. Get over it. But <laughs> you use a clothesline, but again, just these little things that seem seemed irrelevant to me, uh, aren't particularly weren't big to him. But it was just an extra thing that added to his feeling like he wasn't at home. That he was uh, from a completely different culture. Yeah, it just just adds to the struggles, doesn't it? So I mm-hmm. think if we can be aware of the little things that we can do to make the harder things more bearable probably would be a, a good idea wouldn't it
0: yeah definitely i mean even little things like having access to a car we're used to driving in the states everywhere and like you said a clothesline yeah that's a big i have five kids so we do a lot of laundry we gotta have a tumble dryer ian <laughs> um but there yeah it does add up all those little tiny things and it, again yeah you're right they seem it's insignificant in your culture because they're normal that's just how your life is but that's not how life was back home and so they it builds up it builds up to make it a big thing and you just get frustrated why am I driving on this side of the road Ian and but you get over it
1: <laughs> yeah oh great and again you I mean if you wanted to plant a church you've got a, a church already just in your own family haven't you With. is it eight of you years the dog <laughs> But uh, yeah, so so you've got plenty. You're, you're doing 20 schemes music, you're involved with that. We've, we've seen your family in the conservatory, baby in the high chairs, you're strumming away. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put some links up uh, to, to some of the songs that you've been singing there. But again, I think uh, what's great to see is somebody coming out and having the gifts utilised, uh, not just yours, but the whole family. So often we bring uh, pastors in and neglect the the family. So we've seen that musically, your family is involved heavily. What other ways has the church welcomed your family and, and utilize their giftings to to uh, to show that you're not just the important one that you're all valued?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I think our um, again, yeah, we we have done a lot with the music, and we serve Andy and Parker, my two older ones, are playing bass and. Cajon, the, you know, the drum box with me on Sunday mornings for worship. So every, every Sunday right now, pretty much they're serving with me on the music. Um, And then also my son, you know, as he's getting older, he's starting to do video editing. So he's helping with the 20 schemes, uh, you know, video edits. We did a a video for Easter for the community that was shown in eight different primary schools and he did all the video editing for it. It was brilliant. And that's been a really cool encouragement to both of them too, to see that God not didn't just bring me or me and my wife you know He brought us all here and they profess faith they're baptized so we tr- you know they're believers and so God is using them and their gift in this too and I think that's a huge encouragement to them um, and I don't know if other churches are doing it, but yeah you gotta allow opportunity to get your family involved in ministry. Um, not just you we're all if you're a believer you are to be done, you know set, you're set aside for the work of the ministry right? We gotta enable them to do that, and it's
1: sad because uh, I mean that has helped you out as a family because of that transition. But even within the UK, pastors are, are moving to the other ends of the country, leaving family. That the sacrifice isn't as great, or uh, but the loneliness and the isolation can feel exactly the same whether you're a thousand miles or a hundred miles. Uh, people aren't on your doorstep. Uh, you've Kids have got to make friends, but so many times I've spoken with pastors whose congregations and church leadership have uh, made the wives or the children so uncomfortable or seen as an inconvenience or a bit part rather than uh, they expect the wife and family to to, to sacrifice without having any of the benefits
0: yeah, <laughs> that true. even other
1: members get.
0: Yeah. You know, one cool thing Ian, before yeah. we even came. Yeah. I remember when I was interviewing to, to come and Mez said, by the way, we don't think we're getting two for one, meaning there's no pressure, you know, for for your wife to, you know, be the, you know, you know, there's this pressure on a pastor's wife too to do certain things, but we just knew it was like, you've got a family and take care of them, but also there's opportunities for her to serve, which she is she's doing discipleship with ladies in the community she loves to, to bake so she bakes stuff and things but there's no extra pressure just because she's a pastor's wife to do x y and z just fit in where you're gifted and that's that's been a huge blessing cool and what about homeschooling as well yeah you,
1: you mentioned that you homeschool we homeschool as well we are not your typical homeschoolers uh down in middlesbrough <laughs> people are shocked when they find out we homeschool uh, yep. it, it, in england it's it's very, very rare. It's growing. And especially since the pandemic, I think more people are considering it. But in in America, it, it's a lot more common than in the UK. So how have people reacted to you uh, being homeschoolers?
0: It, yeah, it definitely is. Um, you know, you go out, do stuff like on a school day with our kids, like we're yeah. going out to, you know, visit a castle or something. They're like, what are your kids doing here? You know, you get the weird looks. But um, honestly, nobody is they might wind me up once in a while around the church but uh it's you know they it's been okay you do get the the randoms that around the community that might uh you know see see it as weird and i know that there's some out there that might think you know as a missionary how many opportunities are you missing for your kids to not be in school right to 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 evangelize and meet people and um, I get that side of it, I, I really do, but um, we just, actually it's helped our transition, Ian. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having our kids home and being able to school them and still have some of that normacy that we had back in the States, we're schooling at home, um, and now we're still doing that here. It kept, I think it's helped us adapt a little bit faster, um, and maybe maybe some people think we would have adapted faster if the kids went in. I guess that's up to you know, each individual, but, um, we do feel still led to homeschool. And as you know, the curriculums here in the public school are just getting more and more Mm. crazy. And so we feel still a responsibility to train them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord and Lord willing, they follow, uh, make a dis you know, confession or profession of faith and, and repent and follow Christ their lives. But ultimately we have a, we have only a few years. Isn't it crazy how time flies? Yeah. We only have a few years to pour into our kids. And so we're going to pour into them as much as we can and then let, let God handle it from there. But yeah, we are definitely an outsider up in Scotland as well for homeschooling, but we're okay with that.
1: Yeah. And for, and for me, I, my eldest is, 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 uh, coming up 20. Uh, my youngest nearly 14 and time has flown past like, and, 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 and if we hadn't have homeschooled that the amount of time that I've invested into ministry, I, I would have missed these kids growing up, but because of the type of ministry we were doing they, they've been involved in it. Uh, so uh, Esther would always travel to me when I was coming up to Nidri, she'd get a night in a hotel and she'd go and hang around with the kids at the church or hang around with some of the adults. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think what, what they've found is, uh, being part of the ministry I, I don't know I think they've been encouraged they've that's helped with them to feel part of the ministry and not just like the pastor's kids that they're involved and they've got their own friendships across uh, they might not have many the same age but they've got them across the age group so yeah
0: definitely that's a great point and like my kids who are my especially my daughter Andy's been playing bass for, for some of the 20 scheme stuff like mm-hmm. kind of build it into a day like mm-hmm. this time you're you're practicing your bass you're learning music and not just are you developing a skill that you love, but you're getting to use it for God's kingdom and in these songs. So yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, Yeah, my daughter, my eldest daughter was out with the ukulele at a dementia club playing the ukulele for the old people and stuff like that. And carol services and and Easter services during the day at at people's uh, care homes for people with disabilities and things like that. So they've had a huge opportunity to mix with a, a number of different people that at school they wouldn't have been able to do that yeah so it's definitely an alternative for people to think about when doing this type of ministry isn't it
0: oh yeah absolutely man absolutely
1: cool jason I, i really appreciate your time i've asked you a few questions that interest me but have you got anything you would like to share that you've learned over the last couple of years that i've not picked up on
0: You guys are all crazy over here. <laughs> no, just well, you know, I find Americans are quite loud. I think they they see in the Amer- I'm pretty loud. I like to yell a lot, as as people know back here. But uh, but no, I we 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 love our time here and love all you guys. And no, it's been a blessing, man. Cool. And I must admit, you are the
1: most British like American I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, that's a good thing right yeah yeah you're, the, you're probably the only one i've not offended so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well like i said at the beginning right, it actually does take a certain type of personality i really yeah. do think that and I know some people have struggled that have come from like the South part of uh, America. That's a little bit more proper. And you don't want to offend people as much where back in, in Wyoming, we were so laid back and rural. I mean, we poke fun at each other all the time and that's what we do here, isn't it? And so yeah. it's, I mean, to an extent, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. sure. just, um, it does, does take a certain personality. And that's what I was, I was hitting that. I think, do you think it's
1: because you're from a rural background that, you've got a similar sense of humor. I do. Yeah. I wouldn't say to the Brits, but to the working class. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, It's probably it. yeah. So in all that, yeah, God, pre- I had no experience doing this type of ministry before I came, but somehow God knew and God was preparing for it. So here we are.
1: Awesome. Uh, brilliant. I've, I've loved chatting with you again, Jason. I hope to see you in person soon. Uh, but thanks very much for joining me on the in context podcast. Absolutely. Thanks, brother. Peace, bro.